I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I am sitting here in my big, manly, comfortable black leather puppet chair in my living room, charging up my Christmas jolly. I guess the Christmas cards have all been sent by now. Huh? No? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> You're hoping for a little snow, right? Oh, you had enough already. Well, you're still a big fan of Santa, huh? Right? Oh, come on. What do you mean getting crushed at Walmart? You can order my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot, right there at Amazon.com. How's that for a quickie plug? Oh, but come on, seriously. Christmas is coming, and that means Santa is not far behind. All the stores have had Christmas stuff up ever since just after Labor Day, you know? And some people resent the fact that Christmas shopping season seems to start a week earlier every year. And you know what? I really don't mind because I like Christmas. A lot of people say, why can't we have Christmas all year long, right? Well, the way it is being started earlier and earlier every year by somewhere around 2030 or so, I guess it will, <laughs> will be with us all year long. And I don't mind, you know? Because the weather outside right now isn't frightful just yet. Right here, it's so delightful. But but it is kind of dull and dreary and unsmiley right now. Here in the uh, foothills of the Pocono Mountains. So it is kind of neat that Santa swashbuckles in here with a big red suit and green, gold, and silver wrapped presents and happy music. You know, it's made by symphony orchestras with choirs and and rock bands and even street musicians standing out there, you know, blowing on a trumpet or, or you know, the, the, the uh, Salvation Army guys out there. Even chipmunks make Christmas music sometimes. So there is no ducking away from Santa, so you can go and suck your thumb and put the back of your hand up to your head and cry in your beard because Santa sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. No matter where you are, he's going to pop up lay a ho-ho-ho on you if you give them a chance. I know things are tough this year for an awful lot of people, but no matter how tough things may be, Santa's price is right, so come on, give him a shot, you know, listen for the sleigh. Santa is a lot of things to a lot of people, but he pretty often gets a bum rap. Santa gets the blame for all the tasteless, crass, loud TV commercials for the biggest sale of the year. And he also has to take the fall for taking Christ out of Christmas. And I think he deserves better. I think it's time to really thank Santa because that stuff is not his fault. You know what Santa is? Santa is a connector. And to me, that's the real meaning of Christmas, connection. Is every year, no matter how old you are, even if you're a Louis Louis generation person like me, you know, every year, Santa connects you to who you were when you when you got your first electric trains or 
a sled or there's a bike under the tree or, or your first Christmas kiss. And most important for me, anyway, Santa is the connection to that very distinct Christmas Eve tuck you in so Santa can come with his reindeer and presents kind of feeling that, that my parents gave me was so safe and happy and real. And Santa helps you pass that along to your kids every silent night. Of course, he knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Not a bad reminder for those of us who are Louie Louie generation folks and sometimes kind of slip. And we tell terrible Christmas puns like about how the custom of putting an angel at the top of the tree started. It seems one Christmas Eve, Santa was really harried. Everything was going wrong. Mrs. Claus had burned all the fruitcakes. The elves were upset at their HMO providers. And one of Santa's sleigh runners was broken. And just then, the little angel that he had sent to bring home a Christmas tree walked in, dragging the tree behind him. And he looked up at Santa and he said, Where would you like me to put this tree, Santa? And that's how the tradition of the angel at the top of the tree was born. <laughs> okay, all right. Groans are all right, but no pouting. Remember, you better not pout, you better not cry. Yeah. We're all looking for Christmas. And some of us are looking in the wrong places. Just figure that out. This year's most popular Christmas present, according to the papers, are widescreen TVs and cars. Wow. Pretty stylish, Santa. And I must admit, if something like that were to show up under my tree, I would not say, no, no, Santa, that's way too materialistic. Take it back. Give me a little toy truck. Peace on Earth and the sound of a little child's laughter. But, you know, some of the presents that I remember best weren't really very expensive. I went to a Catholic grammar school, and the last day before Christmas vacation, Father O'Connell would come around to all the classes and give everybody his little cardboard box with a picture of Christmas wreaths on the outside and sticky green and red candy on the inside. The candy was awful. You could use it for a weapon on the playground, you know, but like holding a roll of quarters in your fist. I think the school must have bought it by the truckload every 10 years and stored it in between, but it was the most magnificently delicious candy because it meant Christmas was really coming. The year I turned 10, Santa brought me my own portable radio. It sure started something going in my life. I turned it on that Christmas and I don't think I found the off button until about five years later. It was a, a dollar watch one year and a puppy from the pound that we named Whistle another year. That was a lesson in growing up when Whistle was hit by a car a couple of years after that. One year, my mom made Wonder Wench and me a couple of her secret recipe apple dumplings for Christmas. A couple of years ago, she gave us the two very old framed pictures from her own living room. One of them was a picture of my dad when he was this handsome young guy. The other was taken when she was a beautiful young woman holding her first baby. That was me. Mom left us that spring. Merry Christmas, Mom. Give Dad a kiss for us. As I was telling you, Christmas is a, is a big-time smile connector for me. 
connects you with smiles, kind on your face and, and the kind on other people's faces. There are plenty of things that disconnect us every day and every night. They range from little paper cut things all the way up to things like losing your job or getting sick. Even things like noticing that someone you care about isn't smiling very much when you're together anymore. And you know that your someone is disconnecting from you and connecting with someone else. Disconnections hurt. And sometimes they hurt hard. Worse than hitting your thumb with a hammer. But after a while, the hurts numb down just like your thumb. And you don't feel anything anymore. And haven't you noticed that a lot of people seem to be walking around like that right now? Not feeling anything. Not feeling anything about anything. And smiles get very scarce when that happens. Because it's like you're disconnecting from yourself. And then Christmas comes along. And it connects us with the things that are good and strong and decent in all of us. I love Christmas music. My dad was a church musician. And, and I love the stories. And I love the presents and the decorations. But it's the connection that counts with me. The Christmas connection comes on schedule every year. But you know, sometimes... Other big-time connections happen, and sometimes they happen when you least expect them. We have an air show every June at the airfield where I keep my little plane, and they had a World War II B-17 bomber called the Memphis Bell there every year. We, that was the plane they made the movie about. And I was checking it out, and along with the, another Louie Louie generation guy, and the other guy asked the plane's pilot if he could sit in the cockpit. And the pilot said, well, I'm sorry, but the cockpit is off limits at an air show. But then he, he noticed something in the guy's eyes or his voice or something. I don't know what. It, but I caught it, too. There was something there. The pilot said, is there any special reason that you want to sit in the pilot's seat? And the guy didn't say anything for, for a few seconds. And then he said something I'll never forget. He said, my dad was a B-17 pilot. God, excuse me, just a second. It's just remembering it was an incredible thing. He said, my dad was a B-17 pilot. My mom was pregnant with me when he was killed. I never knew him, but I was just thinking that if I could just sit where he might have been sitting when he died. And the guy couldn't finish the sentence. The pilot didn't say anything either. He just kind of stepped back and, and helped the guy into the pilot's seat. And the guy's hands were shaking when he touched the yoke and the throttles felt like I shouldn't be watching, so I left. Connections. My friend Dick Stadlin takes a lot of pride in wrapping his Christmas presents. He does it enthusiastically, if not very well, like most guys. Dick claims you can't be a cynic while you wrap pretty paper around a box just so somebody else can tear it off a little while later. His lady Diane doesn't give him a hard time because she loves him, even though the results of his wrapping often look like green and red spitballs. Dick says if there had been wrapping paper at the first Christmas, the Gospel of Matthew would have said, and lo, the Magi's gifts were inside 600 square cubits of paper. And the paper was festooned with pictures of Frosty the Snowman. And Joseph was going to throw it away. But Mary saith unto him, Holdeth it just a minute. That's nice paper. Save it for next year. 
And Joseph did roll with his eyeballs. And the baby Jesus was much more interested in the paper than in the frankincense. The Salvation Army volunteers are out again this year, and they're, they're making their music. Some of them bravely blowing their trumpets and trombones right into the winter wind, and some others just ringing a little bell and, and smiling. They don't do it for pay. They do it because they love Christmas. One bitter Boston winter, a long time ago, Salvation Army rescued Christmas for a very little girl. Her dad was out of work. Things were tight for her and her mom and her brothers. Well, that little girl is all grown up now. She's beautiful. She's graced my life for a long time, and I love her very much. So, for taking care of my lady long before I could, thank you, Christmas. My dad was a church choir master in Brooklyn. He had more than 40 men and women in his choir and a whole bunch of kids. And he made it a point to have people sing carols from their family's country of origin. Remember a rather hefty soprano lady by the name of Anna who worked in a card shop, and she sang Carol of the Bells from her native Russia. Skinny little Jack, who did graphics design, as he sang What Child Is This? as his family came from England. The only time I ever saw my proud, tough old German grandfather cry was one Christmas Eve when Dad had the choir sing the second verse of Silent Night in German. Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. My grandfather left his home in Germany shortly before World War II. He saw Hitler coming, and he wasn't having any of what that meant. Stille Nacht brought him home for a moment. His tears were bittersweet. That's the way it is sometimes when you get to go home but it's only for a moment. It's always good to go home, even if it's only for a moment. Grosspapa, we called him. He was a good, loving, hard, proud man. And he didn't hide the tears when they came. He just stood there with his head held high and sang along. Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. Going home. Having a home to go to. Thanks again, Christmas. Whatever you are. You know, one of the things that they don't talk about very much having to do with Christmas is tears. Big boys don't cry, you know, but big men do. And that's part of Christmas, too, some tears. Joseph couldn't have been overjoyed to have his wife give birth to a child in a stable. And childbirth is never an easy thing for any woman or any man who loves his woman. So tears belong in Christmas. And any of you guys who think that's unmanly, I give you one statement from the Bible. It's the shortest statement in the Bible. It just says, Jesus wept. So go ahead, duke it out with him. And lots of luck. And Merry Christmas. My dad was a church choir master in Brooklyn, New York, and he took his whole choir all around the neighborhood during the week before Christmas. 
Folks look forward to it all year long. Whole blocks full of people would gather around the choir, and mostly they'd sing along. Christians, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, pagans, even the atheists. All kinds of people lived in our neighborhood in Brooklyn. And they all sang, and they all smiled, and they all wished each other very much peace and goodwill. Christmas and Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Solstice, was all there, mixed up in the music and the smiles and the warmth of standing close together in the cold night. Music and being close together, that's a big part of whatever Christmas is. When all those people gathered together to sing with Dad's choir all those years ago, the Christians, the Jews, the Muslims, the pagans, even the atheists, I don't don't think many of those people were really thinking about Christ. And they sure weren't thinking about shopping. They were just standing close enough together to, to keep warm in the cold Brooklyn night and singing and laughing and sometimes crying for reasons that nobody ever had to explain. What a feeling that was for me, standing right next to my dad. I sang baritone, he sang bass. Dad's gone now, but not completely. Because that feeling of standing next to him and singing is still right here with me. It's mixed all the way down deep in the music of Christmas. My lady and I went for our traditional just-before-Christmas flight in our little airplane the other night. We have a little four-seat airplane that flies low and slow. Our friends all think we're out there looking for Santa Claus, but we're not. I guess you could say we're looking for gold, and we got lucky again this year. Our little airport's just a few miles west of Philadelphia, and as usual on a cold, clear, almost Christmas night when my lady and I got there, it was dark and deserted except for the white runway lights and the, the blue lights along the taxiways and, and the spotlight on the windsock. So we strapped ourselves in, fired up the engine, and climbed up into the black-and-white magic midnight. If you heard a small plane engine late the other night and you looked up and you saw small wingtip lights playing in the stars, that might have been us. Moonlight was shining into the cockpit and... The city's Christmas lights were sliding under our wings. Those city lights were Santa Claus bright. You'd almost hear the ho, ho, ho and the hustle and the crowds and the music and the parties going on down there. But we weren't looking for Santa Claus. So we turned out over the suburbs and the lights got gentler out there in the neighborhoods. And instead of the city hustle and bustle, you know, the jingle bell sounds, you, you, you get houses carefully decorated with Christmas lights. And and you get a feeling of of carols playing on stereos and and fancy paper wrapping around personal presents. And cups of hot chocolate with cold whipped cream. And and kids trying to pretend they're really asleep. Then a little farther out, we floated over some farms, mostly Amish. Real candles in the windows there. A few horse-drawn wagons down on the streets. You could see their lanterns swinging from side to side on those dark roads. It's almost like flying backward in time. It was quiet, so very quiet. My lady was sitting in the right seat, looking like a lovely little girl in the moonlight, just wearing those big co-pilot headphones. And she was smiling and crying at the same time, and that's, that's when she did it again. She said, thank you for this. I love you. And as 
quietly as the sound of ancient angels, the black and white midnight turned into Christmas gold. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.